Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. To the Sanity Check. My name is Seth. And I'm Camille. And we're here to give you some goodness right for today and to make sure you're not losing your mind. Chances are you're not, but we just want to double check for you. Okay. So we're, we're, we're the rocks that you can lean on to make sure everything is good. What's going on with you, Camille? Ah, it's a good day. You know, happy Saturday, first Saturday in October. Mm-hmm. And so uh, things are good. I have no complaints. I'm healing well and a little bit of pain left. But other than that, I think I'm doing pretty good. So right yeah. on, right on. So you're healing well. Good morning. Good morning to morning. everyone. Good morning, everyone. If you're just tuning in, make sure you go to StreamYard.com slash Facebook so that you can share your comments and so it could be posted but we want to say good morning good morning good morning good morning share 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 so you know what uh ladies and gentlemen this is a this is going to be a good show the reason why i say that is because we're talking about hand-me-downs all right not necessarily hand-me-downs uh, your clothes and those that know y'all know what it is about that good morning ma'am but we're, we're not talking about hand-me-down clothes we're talking about the hand-me-down emotions you understand so there's some things that you may not feel as though you passing on to your kids but you are doing it but then on the flip side we look at them like they lost their mind you understand what i'm saying like wait why do you where do you get that from blah 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 why you do that but you gotta take a step back come here what you think about that absolutely you know they say our children are a reflection of us you know, we are our children's first role model. So um, when folks start acting up our little ones and we want to blame them, we might need to turn around and look at ourselves. You know, (laughs) where are we putting off? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the hardest thing to do to admit, like, hold on, maybe I created this environment for my child based off of what I've done. So Everybody, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let us know where you are, where you're listening from. And we want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening. Miss uh, Shannon, how you doing? How you doing? Miss Jackie, how you doing, moms, right? Matthew, how you doing? How you doing? Miss Hemingway, how are you, ma'am? Getting ready for that transition? I heard that. Okay. And King, how's everything with y'all? So... What are we doing, y'all? What what what's going on? Shout out in New York. So, what are we doing as far as not perpetuating things and seeing it in our children? Okay, what what, what do you think about that, Camille? Like, what what can individuals do? Well, not necessarily do. What are the different types of ways that we pass on this energy? So, um, I think. The first thing step is really kind of um, looking at yourself to see where your emotions are at. Um, I did a little bit of research, of course, you know, (laughs) that's what I do. But um, I found that um, children who are born to mothers or who are in utero when their mothers are depressed are more likely to develop asthma, have cardiovascular um, disease or be at a higher risk for things like, um, you know, diabetes and stuff like that. So the stress that we have while we're pregnant 
also, you know, those emotions also are transferred to our children. Um, there's a, you know, tons of studies out there, but like just positive emotions. Um, being around positive people is shown to reduce stress, make you happier, you know, and you have better results overall. That's why team spirit is such a big thing. Uh, teams that have great team spirit um, often produce better results as it pertains to whatever sport that they're in or whatever, you know, organized, whatever activity that they're in, um, because those emotions can be transferred. The, the bad of it is that, you know, we experience it. We see it in our kids. The ugly is that our children are now more at a higher risk or predisposed to certain other mental illnesses like depression like, um, you know, some of the, the major ones I don't really want to say, but things like schizophrenia, things like that, um, because of our emotions. So it's very important that we recognize our own and that we regulate them when dealing with our children. Mm. So I just want to put that out there that we've talked about it before, how things are transferred. And I think a lot of us don't realize that we just think, oh, it's genetics, but it's really behaviors also that are mimicked and that are transferred sometimes through DNA and also by behavior. Yeah. So we have to, to recognize that. Good morning, everyone. I see you on there. Hi, hi. Yes, yes. So, yes, we do have to identify that. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about hand-me-down emotions. And think about it right now. Think about what we're going through right now. This is a traumatic experience, believe it or not, because this is something that you've never dealt with before. Many of us, right, have never dealt with this before. So the way that we respond, the way that re we react, our children are watching. Even when you think they're not picking up what you're putting down, as soon as you leave, they're picking it up. You understand what I'm saying? And then you may not identify it until you see it in them. We do it all the time. Think about those individuals that may have an issue what right when you do certain things but in your mind you're doing the same thing they did to you so you're like hold on why do you act this funny stuff hey i'm just giving you that same energy yeah. so we need to be cognizant of the energy that we're giving off that our children is picking up just because you can't go out and uh, 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 go uh, downtown and turn up like you used to and now you're stressed on out when you think your kids gonna pick up? hey they're not old enough to turn up but they, they're like okay mom or dad is stressed out so it's something to be stressed about if you get what i'm saying so you have to watch what you're doing you have to watch it you have I mean, to we talk about it all the time right so when we go into meetings and we feel something or whatever we say oh i hope my face doesn't say what i'm thinking on you know <laughs> the outside doesn't say what i'm thinking on the inside and we don't really think about how that's the same way with our children you know, that we have to say, oh, even though we might be in a stressful situation or in distress, that, you know, our facial expressions are showing something to our children. And that's why often when you see, you know, we're crying or we're sad and they go, oh, don't be sad. You know, a lot of studies about facial mimicry, you know, like uh, when you smile at people, they tend to smile back. Mm -hmm. When you frown at people, they tend to frown back. Uh, when you cry, people are sympathetic to you and they often, you know, will cry just by seeing you cry. You know, all those emotions that they pull on in, in, in um, movies and TV shows and stuff. It's the same thing with our children. So when we're sad and they get, oh, don't be sad. And we haven't said a word. 
that is an indicator that our energy that we're putting off or our facial expressions are being um, absorbed or interpreted by our children. And they're feeling the same thing, even though they have not gone through whatever it is that caused us to feel the pain. So you have to be very, very cognizant of that. Yes, 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 we do. And it's a serious situation, ladies and gentlemen. It's a serious situation when it comes down to our children not being able to identify their feelings. You, you get what I mean? Because they see you, just like you, you were saying, to your point, you're giving off this energy just by your either your words or your facial expression. And they don't know how to identify that. And they, too, may be going through some things that they can't identify. So, ladies and gentlemen, what is it that you do? Okay, what is it that you do? And we talk about it before. We have talked about it before. But what do you do with the pain that you feel, with the hurt that you feel, the anxiety that you feel? So the. The purpose of this show is to make sure your uh, your negative juju don't get on every damn body. You, you understand what I'm saying? And not your kids, because chances are, no, 100 percent of the time, it's not their fault. Yeah. And, and so what we don't want them to do is walk around feeling guilty for the way that you feel. What you think? Absolutely. There's actually a thing called emotional contagion and emotional um, infection. Um, And I thought that that was really, really interesting. Our emotions can really are contagious and can be very infectious, good, bad or ugly. So we have to be very, very careful. I I remember the other day I was in a car with my friend and we were driving and it was a kind of like a weird energy there. It was just quiet. We were quiet. My daughter's not used to that. And so she gets in the car and she's like, I don't know what's going on with this energy in here, like, but it's messing up my juju, you know? And I'm like, what? She was like, this is a weird silence. And it's like kind of messing up my juju, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I had to say, okay. So I tried to kind of start talking. I was just in my phone and things like that, but she picked up on that right away. Like, right away. And she said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not picking up this virus, whatever this is, this infection. I'm going to let y'all know, put you on so you can change the environment. There you go. Right now, I need y'all to be good, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did. I was like, when I thought about it, I'm like, man, but it is contagious and it is um, infectious. And so our children pick up on those small vibes that we just think we're just like, you know, whatever. But they pick up on those small vibes. I'm, I'm thankful that I have a child who is very uh, communicative where she tells me like, hey, uh-uh, uh-uh, mama, you're not, uh-uh. you know, very, very open. And I allow her to be, and I allow her to say that because I have to check myself as well. I need that other person to give me that point of view so that I can say, okay, what is going on in my own mind? So I can regulate my emotions, which affects everybody else around me. So you know, I have to I have to have that third party and I, I trust my kids enough that they can do that. You know, sometimes I'm like, hey, who are you talking to like that? You know, they be right, though. But <laughs> and that's the deal. And I'm glad you said that. I am so glad you said that because it makes a lot of sense. But but Big Mac, he says. You're hurting pain to heal others, turning negative into a positive. Absolutely. 
And Miss Danny says, compassion for self goes a long way. Knowing my feelings are valid and also understanding trans uh, what's that transference, right? Yeah. And I'm able to channel it. And that's the key. And that's why I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. We need to understand that individuals' feelings are valid. Uh -huh. And it goes right into our children. They may not know how to articulate what they feel, okay? Or be able to articulate what the environment. So it's a good thing that your daughter is able to do that. But there's children that's going through this right now and don't know, like, hey, I'm feeling this. So they have the sense of discernment, right? The awareness of discernment, but they don't know how to communicate it. Hey, something, this vibe in the house is not right. And then based off of the type of child that you have, they may try their best to try to fix what they don't understand. And if you're not being honest, right, and saying, hey, this is what's going on. This is why you're you're feeling a shift in energy in daddy, right, or in a household because this is going on. We, we, we was having a conversation uh, last night about the times, how times have changed when it comes down to our children mm -hmm. back in the day versus now. Do you remember the time when hey, don't talk into somebody, talk to you type of thing. You get what I'm talking about? Hey, your child's place. Get be seen and not heard. Yeah, be seen, not heard, and all that other stuff. So now kids is like, hey, um, what's going on? And so it, it almost challenged us to be able to find ways to communicate to them at their level of understanding. Yeah. Just because they don't understand the dialect does not mean they don't understand the feeling. So it's our responsibility to say, hey, this is what's going on and this is what you're feeling. Yeah. But we have to be cognizant of our own feelings first. Absolutely. I know my mother growing up, we went to it's a place it was called Happy Child or whatever. You know, it was some trauma and things going on in our life. And, our, you know, my mother um, had the wherewithal to say, OK, I need to get them some some help or whatever. So we went to this thing and it was a built on positive positivity and things like that. But what we learned there was that um, my mother and she allowed us to do it because it was that kind of, you know, kids going there, the other room and you sit at the kids table, that type of thing. But um, we would be able to say, I don't accept that. So as a, you know, if like my mom was yelling and she was doing whatever, I don't accept that, you know? <laughs> and so my mom, it was almost like, why did I, I teach them that? And my little sister, she, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. Like, I'm not going to. But it put my mom on notice that her emotions or her behavior uh, was unacceptable. Like, it didn't have to be like that. So I'm, I, I'm appreciative of my mom. And I'm probably the same way a little bit with my kids. I have more grace for that um, because my mom did recognize that and how important it was for the children to be able to say, Hey, you know, that's a little bit too much for me. And mm -hmm. I don't accept what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And then we, in turn, as adults, have to change the behavior, not to appease the kid. But when a kid is telling you, whoa, you know, maybe we do need to throttle back a little bit. That's the Maybe kid. we need to. Yeah. You know, like we don't have to deal with them in such an aggressive manner because they in turn turn aggressive and then we're fighting and we're doing all these things and these emotions are being transferred back and forth and we wonder why nothing can de-escalate and we can't connect with our children. We have to throttle back and hear them for what they're saying. 
I'm glad you said that. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. First, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about hand-me-downs, right? Hand-me-downs of emotions, okay? And how crazy that can be. And just uh, make sure that if you're just tuning in, and if this is your first time and you're watching this on uh, StreamYard or Facebook or YouTube, share this. It's only going to take two seconds, and then we can tell, right? Because we can see how many people. So go ahead and share. It's all good. But make sure you go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook. Okay. But we're talking about hand-me-down emotions and what type of conversations to have with your children. And Camille just spoke on what her mother said and allowed them to say, Hey, I don't, what is it? I don't agree. I don't, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. Now don't get me wrong. <laughs> coming from Diane's house. And that's my mom. If you come from Diane's house, look, you got one time to say what you don't accept. I'll tell you what else you ain't going to accept. You ain't going to accept this food. You ain't going to accept this lights. You ain't going you know what you're about to accept this ass. Hey, watch this. You going to accept this ass whooping. You see, but, but, but that that's, first of all, you have to understand what you can give, but what you're willing to receive because like you said earlier, your child was right. We got to get out of our own feelings, right? Because no, no, no matter how old we are, we still have an ability to love and learn. Yes. Even by individuals you don't think you can learn from. So my daughter, and this will be real quick, y'all, I promise you. So my daughter, and, and it's in the book, The Black Collar Mindset, she said, no, well, we were uh, at uh, Walmart, okay? We were at Walmart. I'll never forget it. She was little, had this Afro puff, right? It was big. And she doing the whole wave thing. She was like three years old, wave to everybody knew mama, right? Waving, waving, waving. And I'm seeing everybody wave back. I'm like, look at this girl. She's just going to be a big old cream puff when she get older, right? So she's waving, you dig? And... But then we go down this aisle. I'm getting ready to get something. And I notice she's waving at this lady. Uh, my peripheral, I see, lady, look, you see, I see this lady look at my daughter and look the other way. Oh, my goodness. Listen, let me tell you something. How upset I was in my mind. I said, you know what? This is why. The world is jacked up the way it is because of individuals like you. You don't even want to say, hey, to my dog. Listen, my baby only been here three years in this. And you showing her how ugly I was all the way turned up. You understand what I'm saying? While my mind was on that, you know what my, my daughter mind was? The next person. The next person. I'm like, it's a blimp. So I learned then keep it pushing. Yes. Keep it if whatever it is that you're doing, if it's coming from the right place, it's gonna be all right. And I learned that from a three year old. So that means what do you think you can learn from a 15 year old or a 16 year old? They're able to see things that you can't because of the things that we have possibly went through have created barriers that prevented a different point of view. You, you get what I'm saying? I learned that from my daughter. And I, I promise you, it was the craziest thing, but it was so enlightening. I'm like, why am I worried about this lady not waving at my baby? You know, people ask me, and that's funny you say that, because, you know, I was going and walking and everything, and I say I wave at everybody who, who drives by, right? Every single person. I'm like, hey, hey. And uh, so my friend's like, I ain't nobody going to wave back. I'm like, every single person, 100%, baby, because they know me, you know. But it was, I, I had to think, 
there are a couple people in certain, you know, whatever, they don't wave back and it's okay. I wave at them every single time because it's a choice for them. It's a choice for me too. And I don't have to accept it. I just keep on going, pushing to the next person. The next person always waves. So my friend had went on a run and she was like, oh, I waved at these people and they didn't even say anything back to me. And I'm like, okay, it was your choice to wave. But you have to understand that they also have choices. They don't have to. It's a courtesy. And if it's coming from the right place, it shouldn't bother you anyway. You know, you don't know what those people are going through. And it's sometimes a secondhand because we're not used to people being so kind that they're like, did they wave? And sometimes people be behind me and honking, you know, because it's like an afterthought, you know, or I see a wave or they come back. They even come back and waved. And I'm like, you know, it took nothing for me to be kind. It's their choice, but it doesn't take anything away from me if they keep pushing or if they, you know, do whatever. But that smile or that hello may cause them to think, hey, you know, and sometimes when I go up to people and they have a a sour face on their thing and I'm like, how are you doing? You know, and they're like, huh? I'm like, no, how are you really doing? Because your face says something. They go, oh, I didn't know my face was looking like that. And I'm like, I'm not bad, but it looks like there's something heavy on your mind. Are you okay? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, thank you for, you know, letting me know. I didn't realize. And I'm like, yep. So sometimes we just have to take that extra step. Instead of getting mad at people, you know, we have to understand that we all go through things. And sometimes our thoughts reflect on our face and we can't see our face. So we don't see it. So be kind enough to say, hey. How's things going? Are you okay today? Is there anything I can help you with instead of jumping down people's throat? Right. We're going through a lot. (laughs) And especially now. And so even with that being said, our children are learning how to act based off of how we act. So you don't want to pass that on because watch this, ladies and gentlemen, about to drop something on you. Oh, by the way, I want to say good morning to everyone. And Miss Fran, she says, hey, she says she still said good morning, right? And it caused them not to make make me feel a bit, uh, oh, your neighbors. Okay, got you. So check this out. I want to make sure you guys understand what we're talking about. Hand me down. Okay, we're talking about hand-me-down emotions and the things that we do that we can pass on to our kids. We do or we don't do. So here's the question for you all. Who taught you how to love? Think about it. Let that marinate real quick and bubble it. As a matter of fact, if you got your tea or your your coffee or any type of morning num-num juice, you get it in. And I want you to think about that, right? Mm -hmm. Who taught you how to love? That person or that situation has formulated your idea of what love looks like. Based off that environment, ladies and gentlemen, is what you're going to verberate. And if it wasn't healthy, if it wasn't healthy, you will and can, if it's not checked, pass that same type of agreed upon and accepted behavior to your children because you're teaching them how to accept love because you accepted it that way. Whatever the model is, positive, negative, or indifferent. You you get what I'm saying? So before we chastise our children as to what they accept and what they don't, let's ask ourselves the question, where and how and who 
taught us how to love. What you think about that, Camille? I mean, it's true. You know, we we look to our our parents or whoever is the main figures in our life as role models for how we regulate our emotions, how we deal with people, how we love. You know, and if we don't have good examples of how to love in a healthy way, a positive way, then we tend to repeat those negative behaviors, you know, and, and people don't stop to think, where did I get this from? Or why do I think that way? Why do I have to feel like everything has to be so negative in terms of a relationship or just say a breakup or something like that, you know, and we just continue to repeat it because we never stop to, to really figure out where we picked it up from. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we continue to, you know, do what we've seen and in our, our neighborhoods, it's, it tends to be a lot of the same. And so we have to, at some point, hopefully, you know, you say, okay, there's got to be a better way. If it's a negative situation, you know, there's got to be a better way. Or I've seen a glimpse of something on TV. How do I do that? In a, in a real way, not a fictitious way or, you know, how they do it. But how do I experience those emotions in a real true way that I'm able to express that again. And then sometimes it takes some some doing and some doing again. You know, sometimes you think you get it right and then something happens and you're like, well, I got some more learning to do, you know, or there's some areas that I have to go back and revisit, which is me a lot of times, you know, you don't know until you're faced with those situations or interact with a certain person or something like that, that maybe I got some more work. Might've been easier with this other person, but this yeah. person, it ain't so easy. So I have to, you know, change the way that I'm doing uh, things. But yes, absolutely. Uh, looking at who taught us how to love, what kind of love we experienced um, is really, really, really important so that we can really evaluate if it's a good love, all love ain't good love. No, no, it ain't. No. And so, again, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're talking about. And we're not calling anyone out. As a matter of fact, I'm calling myself out because there was things that I've experienced that I thought was right because that's all I knew. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? So don't beat yourself up. OK, don't beat yourself up, but be cognizant of what it is that we have to do. Let me see, Ms. Lily Wilson says, all right, do you wanna get this, Camille? Can you see it? Don't we come into this world with our primary love language intact though? Our parents or caregivers gave us what they could, but we may not have accepted it or received it due to those differences. I realized as an adult how love was shown growing up, even when I didn't feel it in my younger years. Yes, I believe that everybody feels differently, however, it's hard a lot of times um, because you're taught just I'm just going to take men, for example, if you would. Um, but they're taught. So there are some some men who really need physical touch or uh, words of affirmation or quality time. Right. But a man is supposed to be so, you know, hard and not affectionate and all this kind of stuff. So if they're feeling that on the inside, but their father is telling them men don't love like that. Men don't cry. Men don't express themselves. Men don't talk about this and this and that. They just keep it to themselves. There's that inner conflict that happens because they're still trying to, um, what do you call it? Not impress, but um, trying to live up to the standard that their parent has set for them, you know, but they're feeling this way. And so sometimes what comes out is anger mm -hmm. because they can't in express the way that they truly 
feel or feel like the love. Well, <laughs> you're a mess. Lily is. <laughs> Lily is a mess, and that's what she is. I love Lily, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So there's that conflict, and if you don't, if you're not um aware of the five love languages, then you have no um no um, knowledge of what that is. There's a whole lot of conflict that goes on. You know what? It is. You're absolutely right, and you're absolutely. Oh my God, it is because based off of the even society right <laughs> even society it's totally different ladies and gentlemen we're going to keep it all the way 100 because i'm assuming is all adults listening right now but there has been a shift in what love looks like mm -hmm. and what we were taught what love is supposed to be Yes. So we cannot rely, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> look, we can't rely on TV. We can't rely on individuals before us. We have to understand what we need for our love tank, if that makes sense. Because the way that you love and the way you accept love may not be the way your environment or your circle say love is. So what does that mean? Does that mean that you're not going to be loved the right way because your environment says that's not what you supposed to do? You, you get what I mean? So we have to we have to look at things with our third eye a lot of times. Like, why is this being perpetuated? Or why can't I love this type of person, me being a man? Or why can't I express myself this way? Because going back to what we're talking about, hand-me-down emotions, if I don't know how to break through a mode that was created and forced me to be, and if I can't break that mode, I cannot honestly expect my son or daughter to break that mode because uh, in essence, I would be trying to push them, watch this, I'll be trying to push them in the mode that I can't fit in. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So now both of us going crazy, you see? So that's what we're talking about, hand-me-down emotions. So how can I expect my son or daughter to deal with the things that I haven't even dealt with? And, and we're talking about not just love, mental health. Let's be real, right? Mental health, anxiety, a uh, 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 different type of elements or 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 uh, uh, addictions, right? That we have, we can the, the addiction spirits or or genes can be passed down. But if I can't be honest with you and say, "Hey, baby, I got a problem. <laughs> this is my problem I'm dealing with," but this is how you can maneuver around that, even with eating, right? Why? Listen, diabetes can be hereditary don't get me wrong but everybody and their mama don't have to have it you, if you get what i'm saying look no. just because you got that of diabetes that don't mean oh look at my baby she only two months old well you know she go have diabetes when she why why are you putting that you know but you know there's this thing i was reading too it's called secondhand stress and that's what we put on our kids. Mm. You know, the stresses that we felt, say, I'm just going to use it in this context, but from not being able to be who we are or love the way that we feel we should love because we're being forced into these boxes, 
all of that anxiety and fear and worry and doubt and all that we pass on to our children. And then we start saying, nope, you can't do this. Nope, you can't do that. Nope, you can't. And they're like, why? You know, and so we're putting our own fears and our own insecurities, our own failures, our own doubts and worries and all that on our children who have never even been through that and probably could break the mold if we allowed them to, if we healed, if we said, okay, you know, I know how I felt when my mom was trying to make me do this, or my dad was trying to make me do this. And my grandmother was forcing me to do this. And that's not who I am. And I wasted a lot of years and a lot of emotions, you know, going through some things because of this inner conflict. If we can stop and say, why, why, why am I doing this? Why am I continuing to perpetuate the same Thing and forcing my kids into the same, you know, situations that I was forced in instead of learning, like you said, going back, where did I get this from? Not just love, not who just taught me how to love, but how to deal with certain situations and then recognizing, okay, maybe there's some healing needs to be done. And oh, by the way, my children are being affected by my emotions, secondhand stress, which causes them anxiety and depression and different, you know, uh, puts them at a higher risk for different mental health disorders, eating disorders, even babies, infants who have, you know, whose moms experience depression and things like that have a hard time adjusting in those first couple um, uh, months and years of life to where they have eating disorders. Mm-hmm. Or not, they don't want to eat or they excessively eat. You know, they cry a whole lot. Mothers and going back to what we talked about the, the other week about this postpartum thing, you know, like these mothers are experiencing all of these emotions, crying a lot, feeling depressed, angry, sad, all this. And their children are feeling it. The children just came out of the womb. There's that attachment, you know, suckling, doing all this. You think those kids don't feel that when you're just you know, sitting there, you're bawling, crying. I don't know what I'm going to do. You think that child is not feeling that? They absolutely do. And it shows and it shows up in crying behaviors and Mm -hmm. you you can't console them. Excuse me. You can't console them, but it has a lot to do with our emotion. Absolutely. I know a lot of my friends, I went through with my kid, you know, but I didn't have crying babies like that, but a lot of my friends that were going through, they'd be like, how do you get these babies to shut up? I realized that you have to calm your own spirit. Uh oh, kids respond to that, and there are certain things that they just know that they cannot do with me, and they don't do it because I don't allow it, and I don't get all frustrated about it. I'm like, let's go, you know, them kids just crying, and they do that, throwing out with their family. I'm that one that gets that kid and I go to the mirror, let's cry it out, let's do our ugly cry. Ah, no, uh uh-uh, uh, even uglier, that's not ugly enough. Ah, and then they looking at me, like, ah, mm, mm. mm-hmm. really fun no more, like. I'm not getting the reaction that I wanted or that I normally get from my parents. So you know what? I'm just going to stop. And then after that, we good. We give them some rules, even little bitty ones. We give them some rules and they follow the rules. And so we have a good time. I thought, how do you get kids to do that? I'm like, because I just don't accept anything else. And then I don't get all mad about it. I just redirect them and come on, we're going to do something different. You know, like, so... You have to make sure that, again, even with those babies, if your babies are experiencing. And let me just say this real quick. Um, With that, it says like children pick up, you know, their parents moods really, really, really easily. And so some of the things are when your parents are angry, it says children of angry parents are more aggressive and noncompliant. So when you have those aggressive and noncompliant children, 
you have to look inside. They're less empathetic. They have poor judgment, overall uh, adjustment too. They can't adjust to certain situations or change things. They have a, a strong relationship between parental anger and delinquency, and it can still continue to impact the adult child. We have a lot of people who are still struggling as adults uh, with these relationships with their parents because of the anger that their parents experience and express towards them. Um, they are still depressed over all of the things, the way that their parent treated them. They alienate themselves. They harm themselves. They abuse their spouses and their uh, children. They sabotage their own lives. And that's a lot of it has to do with still dealing with the parent-child relationship, even uh, as an adult. Mm -hmm. So I see that a lot with my friends. My parent abandoned me or my you know, parent didn't do this or they treated me like this and they were so depressed that they neglected me. And they're still dealing with those child emotions yes. as adults and they're passing it on to their own children as well. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is hand-me-down emotions, okay? And shout out to everybody. Nathan, what's going on, brother? I see you. Hey, Jay Will, how you doing? How you doing? So we're getting ready to take a pause for the calls because we have to give a moment for our sponsors, okay? So you just stay put. We will be right back. If you're looking to buy or sell anywhere across the 50 states, contact Jamila Seals. Jamila is a realtor with Keller Williams Marquis who exudes credibility, commitment, and determination while serving the Metro East and Scott Air Force Base, Illinois areas. Her warm and friendly approach combined with unparalleled communication skills and enthusiasm for helping others allows her to connect and provide clients with the best possible service and experience. There are three things she does with and for her clients. First, negotiate deals for you. This means she'll treat your money like it's her money. Second, guide you through a simplified process which means she'll provide sound advice to ensure you make an informed decision in identifying or choosing the right house for you. And last but not least, creative marketing. She'll provide a cutting edge marketing plan that's tailor made for you. Bottom line, she's going to get the job done properly and not let you down. So if you're searching for your new dream home, give Jamila a call today at area code 618 Two zero two eight seven five one. Again, that's six one eight two zero two eight seven five one. All right. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sanity Check. We're just trying to make sure you stay good and sane, right? I'm, I'm here with Miss Camille, and my name is Seth. If this is your first time checking us out, make sure you're having a great morning, getting your tea, getting your coffee and everything right. And um, we're, we're going to get it in. We're getting it in. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning. How are you? How are you? And so we're talking about hand-me-down emotions. Stop giving your kids the mess that you ain't dealt with you understand what i'm saying because they see it they can hey listen they can smell it okay they can straight up smell it I'm like hold on wait mom ain't right right or something ain't right in this house who is this who is that man over there 
right? Because look at look what's going on. This is not the type of love that I'm used to. And so we have to be cognizant of that. So we let's go back to these comments because I want to make sure that we get them in there. All right. This dandy, right? Thank y'all. Just make connection and honored something in what is something in me that I haven't uh, uh, even conceptualized. But when the words were spoken by Camille, oh, that's what's up. All right, babies and caregivers. <laughs> I don't accept that. Yes, she told y'all, hey, tell your kids, teach them first how to say it, right? How to say, hey, I don't accept that. You know, they kind of remind me of TIs. Late uh, in later years of the military, they gave these little cards, right? You can, you being a trainee or an airman, you can give the cards to Ti saying something like, "Hey, uh, chill out." Like either you're, you're yelling at me too much, or hey, look, I didn't sign up for this. Like you ain't my daddy type of thing, wow. <laughs> right? It, it happened. I don't know if they're still but doing. You gotta it. make sure you're ready for that response, though. That's like, what I'm saying. You know, too. That's what I. That's what I mean. So going back to my mother, if I told my mom, "Hey, mama, um, I don't accept that she, word." Look, <laughs> my mama had the word. She 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 had that back then. If she if you said something out of line, she all right. So like my eyebrow that come up that like like that's hereditary. That's my mama. So if I say, "Mama, uh, I don't accept that," she word. <laughs> Look, that word is. I need to get my. Stuff together, you know what I'm saying? Not her. But when you give the permission, you have to hold your end of the bargain. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes my my mom probably was like, hold on, wait a minute. But you know, she she gave the permission, so she had to, she didn't always react the same way. But you it's like pick up on it. Yeah, because hey, you said it now hold yourself to it. Miss Lily Wilson says that's really true. Children pick up on energy you put out, right? They know what type of vibe you carry and respond accordingly. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. They do. They do. And but but we have to know what's going on, right? Wait, they don't give me card. Oh, wait, oh they didn't give you. No, you know, <laughs> look, we're in the older generations, right? Listen, I remember in this side note, but when I went to uh, when I was in basic, the T.I. had to check himself because he was about to say, hey, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> now, is that me showing my age or is that showing how the shift was? Look, you can't tell them to these kids. Now you can't say that. Oh, smoke what? What you talking about? They don't even think about their phone. You remember when when you needed a job, you had to if you want a job, you had to fill out an application. Tell the child to go uh, get an app. They're going to look for their phone. Right, <laughs> they ain't gonna understand what you're talking about. So, times has changed, our children are changing, however, emotions don't change. We are responsible, right? We're responsible, like your mom said. She says, I'm mostly responsible for who my children are and become. Yes, very scary. So, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think about that? Right? I mean, we was having a conversation earlier about that, or not last night, like. We have to be prepared with the world that we're getting ready to push my daughter in. Because, listen, this is the inevitable. And we got different thought processes at 18. I think she just need to get the hell on out the house and get together. You got different parents that say, hey, just stay as long as you want. No, you ain't. Because, see, I need you to get some of that life funk on you so that you can know. How I'm going to give you everything you need but I need you to be you. You see what I'm saying? I don't want a small version of me and only peak 
your head out when you want to be authentic when you want to. I need right. you to walk in your authenticity. So we need to make sure. Now, not everybody thinks my way, and that's cool. You're right, right on. Y'all do what you want to do. You want your kids to stay there today, 30, whatever. Okay. But listen, this is gonna be a time I want to walk around with everything out. Gotcha. You did? And listen, I don't want nobody telling me, hey, you embarrassing me around my friends. First of all, you get out, and who is your friends? They need to get out because this is how I'm living. Now you're too old. But anyway. Yes. We need to make sure that whatever energy that we're giving off, we are teaching our children how to deal with life. What you got, Camille? I was going to say to that point, uh, me and some of my friends were talking about it before. And I used to be like that. As soon as my daughter turned 18, she out of here. You know what I mean? Going to school, going to do something. She's out. So um, when that happened, I had to learn some lessons. All right. So and just where, where I got that from, I don't know. I left home very young. So, um, you know, it could have been that. And all of my I've always heard, you know, when you, you're 18, you leave or once you graduate high school, you leave. And so growing up, that was my thought process until my own child became of age. She went to college. You know, and I thought I had prepared her for a lot of things, but I guess I felt as a parent somewhere along the way. <laughs> no, um, but when I put her out there, you know, she was very scared and I wanted her to to gain that independence. You know, I wasn't a real scary, not like that. You know, I was adventurous or whatever. And but I wanted her to gain that independence and things like that. But to be honest, I don't know that she was ready. And so I see the difference. A lot of times we talk about um, people who allow their children to stay for a little bit and it gives them a little more skills. You have a little bit more time with them. They can work, bring home money, save it and things. And we don't do that. We send our kids out there a lot of times with no money, no nothing. Right. And so she ended up coming back. She quit college after the third year. And came back, something I said I would not do. You get out there, you whatever. Then I was like, nope, you can come back for a short time, couple months. You better come back with a job. And, you know, that's it. And so she came back and ended up staying for almost two years. How long that couple of months? Or what was that? It, it ended up being almost two years. But she was working. She was saving. She was doing something. And literally one day she was like, um, mom, I'm moving. And I'm like, moving where? She was like, I got a new job. I'm tired of this job. People calling me all kind of things, whatever, whatever. And she was, I said, you got money? She was like, yeah, I've been saving. I said, oh, that's why you ain't me give me none, you know. But she was saving for that. She found a roommate. She got an apartment a couple hours away. And she hadn't been back home. She don't ask me for nothing. So she was doing well and I was still teaching her. I had to come back and teach her how to budget. You know, this is real life budgeting, not just this little stuff. And so I think that we we throw them out there. 18, we're still developing mentally. We don't have, a, a you know, a real good sense of what it's like to adult because we've been under our you know, parents, when you're in school, we don't require you to pay rent or do things like that. But you can still do that and let them have a taste of life. Because once you throw them out there, the street's going to eat them up. You know, the world is going to eat them up. My daughter had to go to a, a job every day where she was called all kind of names that she never even, and she's such a sweet kid. And she was like, I'm tired of them calling me this. I don't want to deal with her. I want the white person, you know, the, every single day. And finally she was like, you know, so we come home and have conversations about that, you know, but I had to give her that additional love and time that I didn't, necessarily have so to speak not because of my mom but I left and um you know I had to kind of groom her in a different way 
more as an adult. So I, the second one, I keep saying the same thing to her, but if she needed to, to mature a little bit, I would allow her, even though I, I was brought up with that same thing, seeing what my older daughter went through, I would allow her to stay for a little bit. Still teaching her, still making her do, you know, adult things, being responsible. But I wouldn't just throw her out there so haphazardly and and make her fend for herself or struggle just because we had to struggle. So, yeah. so my, my mindset has changed just because I struggle doesn't mean you have to. I can teach you some things to show you why you don't have to struggle or how not to struggle. Instead, even if that inconveniences me for a couple of years, I'll do that for my kids because it's hard. It's hard going out there, you know, and, and the one place you want is home, the love of your, your your parents to help you through if you have that luxury. And so I've kind of shifted, even though I talk a lot of smack, <laughs> you know, I've shifted and I did allow her to come home. And if my older, my youngest daughter um, is in the same place, then I, I would allow her to stay there um, just a couple of years. Now, 30 is too long. Okay, 25, like I think that was Lily or somebody dandy or somebody said 25 is probably about good dandy. Yeah. Is about good. And after that, fly, baby, fly. All right. so, and, and I get you. I get you. And 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 this is this is what I feel. And hold on, let me get this up here for Lily Wilson. As long as they are being productive in school, working, etc., they should stay home. In my opinion, why not set them up right and ready to move out, right? For the long haul, no boomerang issues. And that I can boomerang made me change right. my mind. <laughs> right, right. Oh, we said that again. I said that boomerang made me change my mind because right. she did come right back. And she came back. So my thing is, and, and this is just me, ladies and gentlemen. This is my own humble opinion. Trust me. Let's do what we can now because our children are telling us what they need, but we are trying to enforce what we think they need and then the older they get we realize wait a minute <laughs> see because look it was there the whole damn time but you wanted to enforce certain things so my mother she taught me now don't get me wrong she did some things that till today in today's society would probably think it was child abuse or whatever and i'm not talking about physical but i mean psychological but at the end of the day she treated me and my sister different and she told me i knew what you could handle you see and i did not know that and so my sister she catered a little bit more to my sister in different ways because of what my sister did maybe didn't have in her thought process so it's our responsibilities figuratively speaking and using moving out as an analogy we have to prepare them with the right luggage you get what i mean the right emotional luggage because to build them up so when they do go or when it's time for them to get out the nest you already gave them the things that they needed to feel secure knowing that hey i can go to this job and this is how this is all right i'm working for x amount of money but i'm not working for x amount of disrespect so I want to make sure my daughter has this at the age of nine. You get what I'm saying? Versus learning this while she's still in my house at 25. Why are you just getting this? You see, 
So I need to hold myself responsible, but just make sure that I'm able to connect the dots with her at the level of intelligence that she is at, you see. So when she do get of age, she's already primed and like, okay, cool. You know what? I'm ready to get on out of here. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to go out there broke because keep your hands out my pocket. You dig what I'm saying? That's not going to happen. Now, I don't want you to hit the ground. Obviously, my daughter, my son, I don't want them to hit the ground and then ask me, but I do want them to fall if they have to not hit the ground. But I want you to fall. I want you to feel it, because what we can do, going back to what we're talking about, hand me down emotions, because we were caught in our lives or someone let us hit the ground and we stayed there for a certain amount of time. We enable that or we prevent our children from experiencing that. However, even though they are from us, they are different. So we have to celebrate their their individuality early on and say, okay, you know what? My daughter, uh, she's a little cream puff right now. So I need to cater to that cream puffness, but give her some toughness so that she knows how to use it and so it doesn't come off the wrong way until or wait until she's 30 years old and she said hey you, uh, people don't like me dad what i'm supposed to do what listen you see what i'm saying that's all i'm saying so ladies and gentlemen my mom thought i was cream puffs too you know she she says it all the time you know never thought that i would actually make it this far in the military 25 years that. my mother your mama didn't think you was gonna make it why oh, you no. like, oh she a cry baby she can't stand nobody yelling at me. but my mom didn't realize you know there was something i didn't like her yelling at me i didn't like the things that was going on and all my tears weren't out of just it. some was frustration some was anger some was you know sadness some was there was a lot of things but th those are just my that's how I express, you know, so I have to even tell my, my folks, don't get it twisted. Just because I'm crying don't mean I'm weak. I'll show you, you know, so it's, it's two different things. But, you know, my mom would say that, but I had what it took. My mom was the type that she would drop us off at the bus stop and be like, you catch these three buses. I'm giving you the exact amount of change. I'll meet you when you get there. Why can't you just take me? I'm teaching you some life skills. Oh, I would be up in arms. But let me tell you, when I joined the military, how many people didn't know how to um, take public transportation, didn't know how to open up um, uh, post office boxes, didn't know how to open up bank accounts. My mom would sit there outside in the car and be like, I'll wait for you. I'm like, but I don't know what to do. That's what the teller's for. Go ask the teller. She'll tell you everything you need to know. Tell her what you're trying to do. And she tell you know, so my mom taught me those hard lessons, but she still did. She prepared me in that way, but she didn't think that I would was emotionally capable of taking a military type environment. And that wasn't the case because I, I laughed at those TIs that try to do all that. I'm like, you know, and they, they called me smiley. I'm gonna slap the Kool-Aid grin off your face. And I'm thinking to myself, y'all ain't got nothing on Jackie Dozier. You know, y'all have nothing on my mother. So this is like cupcakes to me, you know, but it, she did give me those skills to prepare me. But my mom has all, also always been there. I, all the things that I've gone through, I can always go back to my mother and I can go cry and I can lay on her lap and I can, you know, call her good, bad and ugly. And my mom responds because she understands, like she says, who they were and who are they becoming? You know what I mean? Because her, her her parental duties have stopped, but her mothering continues until she's not here. I'm not here, you know, and so she's I'm always and my mom is always 
teachable and she still teaches. And so I do that for my kids. They can come back and tell me everything, you know, all the things that I've gone through. I'm recognizing those emotional things, you know, and yes, cleanses tears. That's what I'm saying. I got to cleanse this anger so I don't, you know, hurt nobody. But, um, but you know, I can, I can always go back. And so I'm learning to regulate my own emotions to deal with the things that happened to me growing up that affect my behavior now and try not to perpetuate that on my kids and allow them to be who they are while still giving them skills, still um, teaching them. I don't get everything right all the time, but I try. I try to let them be individuals. They are not like me. And that's the key. A lot like me, but not totally not. And that's what individuals need to understand. You you get what I mean? So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about hand-me-down emotions and how if you're not honest with yourself first, if you're not honest with yourself, you can be creating an environment for your children to either walk in or deal in that's not conducive to who they are. And and we would subconsciously put them or force them to understand, hey, this is just the way life is. No, this is my perception of what life is. Because keep in mind, there are things, and like I asked earlier, who taught you how to love? And, or who taught you how to hate? Or who taught you that, the way you love should be the way you receive love. But in essence, you're actually hating. You get what I'm saying? And so you, we, we have to take responsibility for the way that we express our emotions. And so we talked about what we're passing on or what we could be passing on to our children. We talked about the difficulties in identifying feelings. We have to do that first and be able to communicate that to our children. Then in essence, our children can sometimes pick up on those negative vibes like you were alluding to earlier with your daughter saying, hey, y'all might want to fix this because I feel it. And listen, chances are we feel it too. We just don't say nothing because we used to it. You see what I'm saying? Let's not force our children to get used to a habit that we have accepted. One more time for those in the back. Don't force your children to accept a feeling or emotions based off of what we've accepted. You, you get what I'm saying? Don't do that. That's not right. You come to terms with what you didn't deal with in the 80s. You understand what I'm saying? Look, you come to how you go try to tell somebody they need mental help and you crazy as a Betsy bug. You feel me? How you say, look, my baby just don't get it. Boo, you don't get it. You didn't get it then. And guess what? Chances are your mama, daddy didn't give it to you the right way. Yes. Come on now. Let's be real. Because there are certain things that we may subconsciously be repeating Mm -hmm. from an individual that may have had just a third grade level of education. And the reason why I say that is because it is, it, it's not far in far and few in between. So we need to understand the type of information that we're receiving. Where was the intent? What was the intent? And the time frame, like we alluded to earlier, times have changed. Our children, listen, when these kids can program 
and create their own apps before even well, look even in middle school yes. right and we didn't get introduced to computers into if not high school into the military like what's this a mouse no it ain't it's just a rolling thing this a mouse i'm going to make a mouse no this is boom now these kids, out, look, these kids coming out with ipads my mom is over there laughing she's here with me she's like, well, am I lying? you know i ain't lying so so if technology watch this if technology is changing the way our emotional intelligence connecting with our children need to change because if not they're going to pick it up from somebody or something else that you don't agree with and that could be harmful to them what you think about that absolutely that's absolutely true and that's why we have to be very um mindful of like the word you use mindful of how our words impact our children Yes. Very mindful about how our actions impact our children. I'm going to I'm going to say this. Um, you know, there's an instance and I say it with um, children, children of mothers or fathers who have a disdain for the other parent that you perpetuate that on your kids. So how words change. I was talking to a, a, a particular person who was saying to this little girl, you know, oh, your daddy ugly. Oh, your daddy. You look just like your daddy. What is that saying to that child? And I had to stop and say, no, you are a much beautiful version. Yes, you look just like him, but you are a much more beautiful version of him. Hold on. Wait, come here. Hold that. that thought. Hold that thought because yeah. I know where it's going to go. But we have to take a moment. Go ahead. We have to take a moment for these sponsors. All right. And we appreciate everyone for being on. If this is your first time being on, make sure you give us a hey, hey. Let us know where you're coming from, calling from, or watching. And, and, and just let us know that you are doing well. And if you would like your comments to be posted, make sure you go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook. OK, but give us one second because we have to go back and uh, get into our sponsorships because it's about to get it's about to get real. All right. Women of every culture, age, income level and race can develop perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Symptoms can appear at any time during pregnancy and within the first 12 months after childbirth. It is often one of the most challenging times for new moms, especially if it's the first baby. Strangely, we are given all the tools and resources to take care of our babies, but very little to nothing at all to better prepare us for postpartum. Where is the book, What to Expect Postpartum? Cater to Mom is filling this need by raising awareness of perinatal mental health. They provide monthly postpartum boxes curated to support moms postpartum and beyond. But most importantly, they are ensuring postpartum resources are included in their boxes so mom is better prepared for her postpartum journey. They also have Cater to Dad and Love Always gift boxes for those who have suffered miscarriage or stillbirth. Please visit www.catertomom.com for more information. Cater to Mom, catering to the needs of moms postpartum and beyond. So welcome back, everyone. This is the Sanity Check, and my name is Seth. And I'm Camille. And we're making sure everything is good. And we're talking about hand-me-down emotions, and we're getting ready to dive into something real good, real sweet, real deep, but 
real. Okay. So, uh, so take a moment. Hopefully you can give us hashtag dig it. If you understand where we're getting ready to go. And if it resonate with you and take some time, give us some likes some shares and share it and comment, whatever the case is, because it's important. You may not need this, but I'm sure you know somebody that could use it right on. So go ahead, Camille. Now, what were you alluding to before we went to the break? So I was just talking about an individual who, um, you know, talking to her daughter, uh, always saying how the father was ugly and he looked like this and he wasn't this. And then she looks just like her father, you know, and, and so I had to step in and say, but you're a much more beautiful version of him. And I had to say, stop saying that, you know, because our words matter. That child, I can imagine that she hears, I look like my dad. My dad is ugly. My dad is not this. My dad is X, Y, and Z. And she's internalizing it. And when we say things like that, it affects children's self-esteem. It affects their behavior. It affects their relationship with the parent because now they are viewing, even if the parent hadn't done anything to them or the situation was jacked up, they are now viewing the parent in a negative light and it gets in the way of the relationship, you know, future potential of that child and that parent for no other reason than you still in your feelings and you hurt, but you're saying that, verbalizing and vocalizing that, and it's directed toward the child who now, this secondhand stress, these secondhand emotions, is internalizing that. We call it emotional contagion or emotional infection. That virus is infecting the way they view themselves, the way they view that parent, the way that they view relationships, the way that they view their, the way that they're supposed to interact or how things happen after a breakup. So we have to be very cognizant. My oldest daughter looks just like her father. Lord, I See, never say look, that. Look, 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 look. See, now listen, you don't know who just saw that face. No, she looks just like her father. Everybody <laughs> looks a lot like me, but she looks just like him. And the funny thing is she never really grew up around him, but she has so many mannerisms. And all I say is, oh, you do the same thing as your father. You know, I don't say anything bad about him. She's 23 now, so she understands, you know, the relationship. And again, I always told her, whatever relationship y'all have is going to be because of what he did or didn't do, not because of what I've said or what I've, you know, and I, I was very, very um, conscious of how I interacted with her concerning her father and what I said. So she, she didn't get all the bad stuff because if there was ever a potential for, uh, you know, reconciliation, reconciliation, then I didn't want to be the person that was in between. Take it how he wants it. Want to blame me? That's fine. But I always tell her how beautiful she is and that I chose him because I wanted a child that looks like her. You know, like I, I think that she's a beautiful, beautiful girl and she looks just like her father. So it's the way you can say the same thing. You know what I mean? It's the way you say it to that child. You know, you look just like your father. Oh, you're beautiful. You're a blessing. Or he ugly. He ain't this. He ain't that. Oh, you look just like your daddy. Ooh. And then we start treating our children a certain way because they look like their fathers, which is no fault of their own. None whatsoever, but we start to neglect and we start to abuse and we start to to harm this ch child because the child is a reminder of the hurt from the parent, not anything the child did. And we have to be mindful of that and check ourselves if that's part of your emotional um, you know, issues. And how you're verbalizing that. You have to be, words matter. They say, used to say, what well, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. 
whoever came up with that, I don't know. It was a way probably to, to put up a wall against those things, but words last longer than anything else. People are going to their deathbed at 90 and they still remember the words that somebody spoke to them at three and four years old. Still, absolutely still. Affects so, their behavior and absolutely. the way that they deal with things and how they interact in the world. Mm -hmm. So we have to stop with this and causing that secondhand stress and that secondhand emotion and those negative, bad and ugly, negative emotional uh, contagion that we're, we're, we're putting out there for our kids to pick up and that infection and that, that's festering and festering. And we don't even go back and make it right. We just let it be and wonder why our kids are all up in arms. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So like what your mother said, she says, this is a testimony about a mom, me, right? who had an emotional breakdown when Camille was two and tried to commit suicide when she was six. Six, a little known fact, she got help. So with that being said, and, and thank you for being so transparent, the, the deal is, ladies and gentlemen, we have to watch what we say and how we say it, because there's things I'm sure you still remember at whatever age you are right now, if you're watching this right now, we love you. Shout out to y'all. Thumbs up. Let us know you're here. But I'm sure there's some things that you remember to this day that still hurt you or you remember the feeling. Now, you may have let it go because it wasn't something that was uh, beneficial for your life. You understand? But you still remember those words. And so the way you deal with those words especially around your children is going to teach them how to deal with those words too. So keep in mind, it's no secret. If you're watching this right now, if you can see me, this is for those that can't, that's going to listen to this later. I am what you call a chocolate young man. You see what I'm saying? I was personally and purposefully dipped by God. You understand that? But with that being said, with that being said, coming up in the 80s, y'all know the coolest thing smoking was I'll be sure. I was not. I'll be sure. You see, so there was individuals that did not understand or what the you know, there's a lot of colorism going on there. And it hurt. But not only did it hurt from the outside when I'm in school, because you know, kids can be crazy as hell, but when it's in your family. You understand? And so when you don't when you don't know how to celebrate your own God gift, and then you're dealing with individuals that don't know how to celebrate that either, it hurts because now you're being chastised or you're being judged. So I had to learn with help of my mother and my grandmother and other influencers, positive influencers, how to walk in this beauty. You get what I'm saying? We're all beautiful. But when you have individuals that love you, get ready for the transition. Individuals that love you, that hurt you, you don't forget it. So that means not just family, but in relationships. So like you were alluding to earlier, if you're in an abusive relationship, meaning physical or emotional, you are teaching your children what to deal with and how to deal with it. So there's times we say, you know what? I should have left it because I knew it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, water under the bridge. Have that conversation with your child. Instead of saying what you should have did, start saying, hey, this is what happened. Don't do that because this is what I learned, if that makes sense, ladies and gentlemen. So when you are being hurt, 
how you deal with that emotion and how you understand the growth process, then could we completely fill that circle when your children are of age, when they can understand it? If not, they'd be doomed to repeat it. Then you're going to be sitting back and saying, well, I don't know where they get that from. Really? Really? But it's hard, it's hard to see the forest from the trees, right? For the trees. And because yeah. when you're in it, it's hard to take a step back and look at yourself objectively. That's mm-hmm. why we're here, right? That's why we're, we're doing a sanity check to bring light to all of these issues and to hopefully bring awareness that maybe these are some things that we've been dealing with. And, you know, me and Seth always talk about, we talk from the heart. My mom comes on here, she shares. I'm able to say what I can say because, you know, my mom has given me permission to do so. Um, and I say permission, I can speak my truth, but, you know, I'm always cognizant of the people who are involved as well. And I appreciate that. But, you know, sometimes we can't see it. So when you're in those abusive relationships, you get out, you know, hopefully people see stuff like this to where they go, okay, I don't have to go back there. You know, and this is what I need to deal with. I need to really think about why I continue to get into these, you know, habitual abusive relationships and why I continue to, why is my self-esteem not intact? What was it that was said or done to me that, you know, makes me continue to uh, put myself in these situations. And once you do that, then you can take a step back, deal with those emotions, be mindful of your own. And then how is that affecting my children? Because sometimes, you know, I said, even my kids, when I was going through, you know, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, even though I'm in it, I was like, I don't want my kids to think this is okay. I don't want my kids to continue to go through this or have these types of relationships. And then it one day it was just like, well, then stop being in that. Stop doing that. You know what I mean? Because they are you are their example. You're their first role model. You're their first love. You know, their first how to have a relationship. Their first a lot of things. And so when you don't do the right things in front of your kids that, you know, do as I say, not as I do, that doesn't work. Those behaviors, that energy is what really shapes and changes the way that they think about those things and the way that they behave and the way that they interact in the world. And so we have to, even if they, you know, other people are doing something out there when they're at home, we have to um, at least try to do right by them by dealing with our own mess, which is why you know I went through counseling for a long time. Then I have to go preventatively or whatever because there's a lot of trauma in my life. I don't shy away from that, and I encourage people to do that. Um, and um, so then you know I have to continue. Like I said, things come up later on, and you're like, oh, didn't even know about that. I got to deal with that or something with my kid. I got to deal with that. And so I encourage people to continue to do that because it's a continual process. It's a continual process, but you can show your kids also that people can change. Yes. Just because you were like that all the time doesn't mean you have to be there. I'm an example. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So we got this next comment. what do you think about that? Thank you for my, your transparency. And my mother did not do this. And not until I became an adult with adult friends who have children did I ever see anything like it. Our relationship isn't the greatest, but in 2020, I've been intentional about rebuilding it. And so listening to a podcast, I heard this. I think it was the Lion's Den. I'm a new fan. Shout out to Seth. <laughs> I had to pause and call my mom and tell her that she was a dope chick and why. And thanking her for not doing that as I'm able to be open I think there's a little bit, oh, as I'm able to be open now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is, it's, it's a great feeling when you can be open and transparent, you know, and talk about those things with your parent, no matter what role they played in there. Um, it's a freeing feeling to be able to 
kill in a lot of those areas and then help others to do the same. Yeah, because think about that. You know, do you know how I felt when my mother told me when she was arrested? My mama got arrested, y'all. Listen, shout out to my mom. God bless her soul. But she got arrested in high school for selling weed. I'm like, what? No, you wasn't. Shut up. She was like, no, I was. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, what? But the thing is, is that not celebrating that crazy type of actions, right? But she was able to show humility. Like, yo, I was a teenager too. So much though, I was thugged out. <laughs> Wait a minute, my mama. Listen, my church going Bible thumping, throwing, right, shouting, and, and hooting, hollering. Mama used to get it. In. Listen, used to get it in and was smoking some good stuff. Apparently, right? Hey, not with me, y'all. Listen, not now. Why she was pregnant with me? I'm talking about in high school, but she was able. But I'm serious. But she was able to really humble herself and say, "Hey, I didn't do it all right." You get what I'm saying? I didn't make all the right choices. So be careful. And that's and then that was another thing. She was able to bring it back full circle. So she let me know, hey, you can't do this. And I won't know because I'm not going to check up on you. But understand, the you know, understand the ramifications. Yes of your actions. So shout out to mama about that. But before we go into the next comment, what, what you got going on around your neck? On this Saturday. On this Saturday, I have my um purple. This mm -hmm. is actually lavender. It looks a little pinkish today. Mm -hmm. But uh Holly Williamson of Zoe's Bling Boutique always has me looking right. So if you like my jewelry, all of my popping, popping paparazzi, then holla at her www.paparazziacc uh, or Zoe's BB, Zoe. Z-H-O-E-Y-B-B at gmail.com. She is on Facebook, Zoe's Bling Boutique. And she always has the good, good. Y'all, she has about like 20 something new boxes that she ain't even opened and put out some stuff. When she get the hot, hot, she get the hot, hot and I be knocking on her door. So if mm -hmm. you like what I be wearing, Zoe's Bling Boutique, Holly Williamson on Facebook. So. All right. So shout out, shout out to her, y'all, and paparazzi and everybody else that's getting in with y'all paparazzi. I've been seeing y'all on Facebook. Boy, I mean, some hustlers, right? So shout out, shout I out. I'm mad that. making that money and hey. cute. Hey, you can't be mad at it. So look, I'm going out there and in, in, in support, right? So let me see, Miss Danny. Yes, yes, it's freeing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it's beautiful. Share. Yes. Um, and so that's what I want everybody to understand. We need to make sure we know what we're doing with our energy. Look, you can pass. And uh, while we're talking about hand-me-downs, it's part of the subject, but not really. But we're going to make it this way anyway. How about you don't hand-me-down debt? Okay. Now, I mean, now what I mean by that is look and see. Hey, what you got in your bank account and what you don't have, either bank account or life insurance, right on? Because what you don't want to do is pass on all the stressors that were stressing you out. Now you're giving it to your youngin. And listen, it wasn't they fault, but now you just gave them that. They should not inherit your debt and more of your stress. Bad enough, they picking up whatever it is that you dropped into their head. Now, they got to pick up what the negativeness in their bank account because of you. So shout out to those that are thinking ahead of the game. And God bless my mother. That's my own. That's my staple. You understand? 
I did not know that she was, she had this foresight. So when she passed, I'm like, okay, cool. What do me and my sister have to do? What do we need to do for this? She had already took care of it. You see what I'm saying? Before. So even though the sickness came, she died from cancer, right? Stage four, uh, I forget what type of cancer, but anyway, it was very aggressive. However, prior to that, her mind was already on, I don't want to give my children that type of headache. So think about that today, ladies and gentlemen, think about it. This is the sanity check. This is why we're here. We love you. This is all love. Listen, this is family. Family's supposed to keep it 100. Look, you're not on here to hear everything that you want to hear and, and want to make you feel good. We're trying to get you right. You know what I'm saying? That's what the check part come in. Do you got life insurance? Do you? Because it's the inevitably, inevitably, you're going to die. Outside okay? of SGLI. Say what? Oh, say that again. Outside of SGLI. Outside of SGLI, ladies and gentlemen. So those that's for my uh, Air Force or military members that can dig what that is. Get your life together. And even if you, you look, you've already lived yours and you're living yours, but prepare and pass on. OK, what you need for your children. What you think about that? Absolutely. I was about to say, even if our kids do have something in, in, left in their emotional banks, sometimes if we have so much emotional debt, we can still leave them bankrupt. And we don't want to do that. So literally speaking, what you're talking about, me and my mom had this conversation a couple years back when my uh, mother-in-law had passed away. And uh, it was about getting your affairs in order. So my mother has been very intentional about making sure that she has all of her passwords. She has all of her insurance policies that she's designated people because she was like, I remember, you know, things that happen and, and in death some ugly stuff comes out and, you know, people don't want to do and they're in fighting. And she was like, I don't want no drama. I don't want no drama. So mom, we were actually talking about that the other day um, and how she's gotten all her affairs in order because of that conversation we had a couple years ago. And I said the same thing. I'm not leaving my kids with no debt. I'm not leaving them. It's enough that they have to lose me. I don't want them to create or lose each other or, you know, over some money or who's burying who or whatever. So I'm making my intentions very clear. My life insurance outside of SGLI yes. cannot express that, you know, there's BGLI and things like that, but I've had life insurance outside of that for a long time um, just to supplement and to make sure that my kids are going to be okay. And not just that they can cover my burial for me because I started early, but that they'll be able to have something to pass on or to, to continue their lives or whatever and still be able to pull from mom a little bit, you know, because I love them enough to do that. Look at what your mama says. She says, my kids will not collect offerings at my funeral. That's what I'm talking about. And no GoFundMe's. No GoFundMe's. Listen, it's cool to put it on Facebook that, hey, somebody passed. Just want to let y'all know. But don't send me a link. You right. get what I'm saying? Like, hey, we kind of struggling. Mm. I don't want to be now. Don't get me wrong. Not everybody set up that way. And, and, and we understand that. And we're very sensitive to that. However, if you're in the position to think and work for the future, let's do that. And because we're talking about passing things on hand me downs, you don't want to hand me down any type of unnecessary stress. And so like you alluded to earlier, it's bad enough that you are out of your children's lives, right? So now they have to go through life without you. And again, when my mother passed, every day forward was a new day without her. Now I have to deal with not just that, but in all this extra stress of the world. 
the world is already crazy. So now it's going to be crazy without my mama. Hey, only have one. I only got one. You dig? So you don't you want to help alleviate some of that anxiety. You you get what I'm saying? Some of that anxiety, because that may be one emotional turmoil. Now we got to turn around and go to work and deal with another one. You see what I'm saying? Oh, and by the way, when we go home, we cut on TV. Now that's another one. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Yes. So we have to, you know, good, like you said, good, bad, and and ugly. Emotions handed down or behaviors handed down. Uh, We can do the right thing. We can do the wrong thing. We can do some really, really, really traumatic things that really change and shape the way our children are. And so, you know, even if it happened to us, doesn't mean we have to traumatize our kids. We can take a step back and say, okay, this doesn't feel good to me. I don't want my kids to feel this way either. And so we we take those steps to heal ourselves so that we can begin to show our children that healing is possible, one, um, that there was an issue, one, that healing is possible, too, and that they, too, don't have to be subjected to the same things and that they can change the trajectory of their life, even if they are grown. You know, some people say, like, my parents will never change that. I'm like, they might. You know, you can still teach old dogs new tricks. You just got to find out what motivates them to do so. You know, some people never get it. And, and we understand that as well. But um, there's always that hope. But for us, we can do better by our generation, the next generations or the, the, the kids that we have in our, our lineage. You know, we can do better. And it's teaching them those skills and how to take care of people after death, even, even after death, how to save or how to budget or how to do those things. So that that stress, we're not that stressful. Finances is stressful. You know, we know how to live poor because we live poor all the time. But why do we have to? We don't understand the amount of stress that we're under living poor. And we're yes, poor and thinking poor. And oh my gosh. Yeah. We're so used to doing it that it's just the way. But then when somebody says something or show you something and you start living in a different way and different and you're like, oh my God, that was just heavy. It was heavy. I didn't have nothing, but it was so heavy. You know what I mean? And then you start getting stuff and you're like, oh, well, let me teach my kids this. Oh, let me put this away. Oh, and things just lighter because you know, when an emergency comes, then you have something. You know, when your kids are in in trouble, you have something. You don't have to go and pull out a loan. You don't have to do any of those things. You're like, I can help my kids out or I can help my family out or I can do this without putting myself in debt. You know what I mean? So it's like the stress of just the financial situation or having to live day to day. Me and my sisters were talking about the other day, my brothers and my sister, real quick, um, how we used to have to live to survive and the things that we did and thinking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, you know, when you're in it, you just do. But then when you get out of it, it was like, oh oh my gosh, you know, my kids would not have made it doing the things that we did. My kids would not have made it, but they don't have that additional stress of trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, all of us were able to get out, thankfully, with our lives, but, you know, it's not the same for everybody. But just teaching them those things so that we can stop that secondhand stress and putting them through the same things that we've gone through and them feeling the emotions that we've gone through that really kind of tears your life up in your relationships and things like that. So you're absolutely right. And I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that um, just here, just briefly, just because we went through some things, uh, it does not mean, oh, wait, put it like this, just because you went through something and you got the lesson does not mean 
you need to put your kids through it so they get the lesson. No. Hey, watch this. Not everybody can learn uh, kinetically, if that makes sense. Right. Don't put them in that crazy situation. Like, for example, if you retire from the military. Right. Shout out to those that have. And I know we were there. Right. Just because we retired from the military and we saw the benefits of it. I'll be damned if I'm going to put my nine-year-old through boot camp in the house. You know what I'm saying? Because, hey, it ain't necessary. However, I need to understand not just what those values were, but how I can show her those and give her those values at that level. Right. Because no lie, my mother was kind of the same way. I got it. As far as, you know, when I was in the military or prior to the military, hey, what's going on? When I was in the military, prior to the military, my mother would, boy, she was on me like a, and then I was in karate school. So I was getting it both ways. So when I was in basic training, I'm like, no, (laughs) no, wait, no, this is military basic training. And I remember calling my mother when we had the opportunity to, I was like, mom, is this it? (laughs) <laughs> like, for real, for real. Like, is this it? So I'm I'm very blessed to have had that. But going through it, oh, it was hell. Listen, you don't want nobody up in your face. And I mean, when I'm being a child, right? Or in a young teenager, everybody all up in your face and you need to do blah, 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 blah. Okay, you, you build a certain callus. But now we are intelligent enough at our own space where we can connect and communicate differently but get the same results, meaning you don't have to put your kids in that same stressful situation. Like, for example, I'm from the east side of Detroit. Uh The house that I grew up in or one of the homes that we grew up in isn't there anymore. But I feel as though my daughter should go to Detroit and just see just to be aware. But watch this. I'm not going to uproot the damn house. So, hey, let's go and go to Detroit so we can all struggle so you can know how to survive. What the hell? No, that ain't what we're going to do. I didn't go through that so I can put you through it. That's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Hand me downs. The things that you go through or have went through, especially things that you've come through. Right. Some of us are still going through it. Can you dig it? But once you come through it, position yourself so that your children don't have to go through it. Now, there is still some life lessons that need to be learned. Right. Give give them some heat. You get what I'm saying? But you ain't got to burn the ass up just so they can feel it. You don't have to do I don't have to say, Seth, let me say this too. And just because we went through it doesn't mean our children would. Some of us are just here by the grace of God. You know, and putting our kid in that same situation will kill them, literally. Literally. Here on today, ladies and gentlemen, listen, it was a few few 50, 11 times I wasn't supposed to be here. So, yeah, my daughter, my son, they would lose every last brain cell trying to move out of the things that I was just, that's grace, you see. Right. And so just because we went through it doesn't mean that our kid kids are built for it, nor should should they go through it. I did the same thing, took my daughter down. I'm from San Diego, you know, and we took her through LA. My ex was from there, whatever, through Skid Row and the whole nine, showed her where I grew up. She And they said, Mom, what them things in a window? What do you mean? What are you talking about? What's them things in a window? I'm like, no, no, not the bars, the air conditioner unit. She had never seen the air conditioner unit in the thing, you know, and she was like, 
that's a unit. And so I had to explain to her. And it was the funniest thing. Me and my ex-husband were like falling out laughing. We was like, well, I guess we done good. You know what I mean? But and not saying that's a bad thing because there's some nice houses with them. But they don't have to go through the same thing because they, they're not built for it. Yeah. Some of them. And it will literally kill or break them. And we don't want to do that just to say, I went through it. You can go through it too. No, because they are different. Their DNA is different. Right. Emotional capacity is different. And we don't want to harm our children any more than we have to. There are some lessons. They need to learn some good lessons, but we don't have to do it the way that it was done. To no, them. we don't have to. You know, we don't have to. And I remember and this is just be real quick because we're getting behind on the time. But I remember my cousin and explaining to him when we went to my great grandmother's house how to use a rotary phone. Ladies, yeah. you know how crazy that was. Just think about it. And then. He was calling long distance because he had a calling card and he messed up a number. What do you have to do, y'all? Had to start before a cell phone. Like, okay, no, there's the phone right there. Wait a minute, what's this? He looking for buttons. And then you now it ain't no more buttons. You just and now now you don't even have to touch the phone. You can say, Hey, call mama. Yes. Boom. So Hey, listen, if everything around you is changing, technology is changing, time is changing, it might be the way. The way that you're communicating yes. different things to your children may have to change. Okay. Sure. So, but ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you though for 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 being on today. But you got a, a last point, uh, Camille. I, do. I just want to say that it's very very important for us to be mindful of the way we interact with our children. There's so many benefits for breaking uh, legacies and cycles of anger and outbursts and things like that. You know, when you become calmer interacting with your children they are better to able to promote emotional and relational health. You know, they, they have better uh, chances of inter interacting with people without all of that anger. Um, they're less afraid. They don't have the worry, the stress, all of that emotion that keeps them kind of in mental bondage. Um, they're less like, likely to do uh, damage when they're angry, you know, if they're not angry. Um, you can, they, they communicate better. Um, the emotional attachment between parent and child is so much um, deeper and enhanced. So just being mindful of how our emotions, what we're going through at the time, affect our children and then allowing them to, to give us that, that feedback to say, hey, you know, your face is all toe up today or you yelling a little bit more. It'll help us to, again, check ourselves, regulate our emotions so that our children are not um, victims of that secondhand stress or that emotional uh, contagion, the negative emotional contagion or infection. Um, that really does damage not just in the childhood in their behaviors, but all the way through life and that they don't repeat those cycles again and again. So that's all I have for, for y'all for a couple of nuggets. But if you need to get some, some help, some counseling, it's available. Please do so. It's no shame in getting help. Um, it helps everybody all the way around you and everybody who is connected to you. When you're healthier, people around you, your environments are healthier. Absolutely. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you. Thank you for joining us for this Saturday Sanity Check. Hopefully you receive something, some good energy, and it's all in love. Please understand this is all in love and lighthearted too, but some real talk. You understand? So make sure you tune in next Saturday, nine o'clock central, 10 o'clock Eastern, Right, and we will be here, same place, same time. All right, don't forget to share, don't forget yes, to share. Yes, don't forget to share, and we will see you all soon. All right, take care.